So let's turn, if you would, to uh, Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to read just one verse. And I'm going to, uh, it's uh, Genesis 1 verse 19. We have several visitors and we're so glad you're here. We have uh, plenty of folks that are not here today. But we're glad to see our special guests and our, our brand new folks this may be new to you today, but we're very thrilled to have you in service today. Our children have uh, classes all around that wraps around the building, this side of the building and around that way, so they're having a good time. My message today is entitled, The Fourth Day. I'm reading just one verse for so you can be seated in a moment. Verse 19 of chapter 1, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Could you read that little short verse with me? And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now every once in a while the Holy Ghost will give me something so intense, so certain that I'm afraid to preach it too quick because I get so wrapped up in it. And God spoke to my heart in a service not too long ago and I'm going to preach that message this morning the fourth day could you lift your hands put your Bibles aside and could you lift your hearts with me and let's pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost on the word of God this morning that's beautiful come on let's pray together Father right now we thank you because the power of the Holy Ghost is in this place We feel the presence of God and somebody's life is being touched. Lord, somebody is wondering what to do. There are people here today that really aren't sure. There's a lot of confusion in our world. and We're asking God for the clarity of the Spirit and the power of God in our lives. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Praise God. And you can be seated. It would be wonderful if you'd like to preach with me today, but I want to deliver my heart, and I believe that God is calling this church to its greatest days. Now, you know, over 40 years, going on 50 now, uh, this church has been in existence, and uh, I guess about 1998 they built this structure, and so we thank God for that. But Sister French and I have just begun our fourth year. And as I was praying about it and we were seeking the face of God, suddenly the Holy Ghost arrested my attention. Now, sometimes the Holy Ghost is so imperative about giving a preacher a message that it, it uh, comes to uh, you like, uh, like a, m- a miracle, something that just, it, it's just there, it's supposed to be. And that's the way this message came in that manner. So for days, God has been stirring this preacher to deliver a word to the church. And I have decided to use this chapter, Genesis 1, as as my text for a couple of reasons. And so I would like you to follow me. Now, if you have your Bibles open, uh, of course, it's familiar. You could just trust me here. But Genesis 1 says, In the beginning, God did what? Created the heaven and the earth. And then I'm jumping around here, verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then it says, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, 
and the evening and the morning were the first day. And then we jump down and God called the firmament heaven. So we have this a funny little word, sort of an old word, firmament, which we could just say the expanse, that he called it heaven. And so the evening and the morning then were the second day. So he created the expanse of, uh, we might even say the atmosphere, but much more than that. It includes all those things. So firmament is the place, the foundations of the heavens, we might say. And then verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth. And so there we see that God's uh, expecting that the earth will begin to bring forth all types of, of creatures. And then verse 13 said in the evening and the morning were the third day. Obviously, I'm uh, wanting to get to verse 19. Now, verse 14 really begins our, our thought. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament. So he takes the heavens and he places lights in them. Of course, uh, he says to divide the day from the night. So we have the stars and the moon and the sun and, and, and so forth. So I've, of course, I'm always intrigued by evolutionists who deny all of these things that man, for example, came from the dust of the ground. Uh, no matter that our, com- our composition breaks down into dust, no matter that we go back to the dust, but they, they would suggest that man came from something else, that uh, nobody took dust, the Bible says he did, but, uh, and formed man and breathed into it, became a living soul. All that's not true. And, and they would say also, I, just recently someone uh, said, hey, Reverend, I've noticed in the Bible that the, 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 the created light before there was a sun. I thought he really had a, you know, it was like, oh, how can there be light before there's a sun? I said, well, because God created it. He created the light and then he designed the lights themselves because God doesn't need a helper. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why racism is wrong because God can create us black and white and yellow in any way that he wants us to be because God is perfect, you see. Hallelujah. And so he said, let there be lights in the firmament to divide the day from the night. And then verse 18 says, to, delight, to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So I'm preaching today about the fourth day. Now we know that it was uh, all over by the seventh day. You knew that I would include all the days. You knew that. And on the seventh day, God rested. Can you say that with me? God rested. So it was all over by that day. Man came from the dust on the sixth day, as all creatures did. And uh, then the water brought forth all the fish and the fowl and so on. That's all very interesting. 
I, I'm constantly, and I've, I love it. I have no problem being asked questions about the creation. I'm just suggesting that many times people will say, well, that does, how does that make sense? And, and, and what, what about Adam and so forth? All, all those are great questions. But why in the world did the fish and the fowl come from the water and so on? Well, God did it in God's way. It was God's purpose. And on the fifth day, every fish, and, and I love to fish. I'm one of the great fishermen. If you're ever looking at one of those fisherman magazines and you see me in there, don't be surprised. Because I love to fish. Of course, I, I'll be surprised. But if you see me in there, you shouldn't be surprised. Because I love to fish. Now, I'm not much of a foul uh, person. I was uh, preaching for a pastor not too, too long ago. And he had, uh, I would say, at least a dozen. Wouldn't you say a dozen there in Raleigh? At least a dozen heads of deer. And uh, he said, come in, come in my office. And he had a two-story office, which was really nice. And so you go in and you walk around. And then you go up the stairs and there's another it's a big, big office. And on the downstairs, there's about three or four. But when you looked up to go to that second floor, there were just deer heads everywhere. And he said, man, you've got to go and you've got to get some deer with me. And I said, oh, man, I can hardly wait because I'd never... Shot a deer in my life. And I thought, well, hey, he got a dozen. I could surely do something. And uh, we, never, we never did keep that, that appointment. But, but uh, everyone has their, their likes. And God created it all. And he, he put it here, all the amazing things. Of course, I only catch the big fish. And so when there's the really big, the great big mouths and, 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 and all the amazing things that God created. In fact, someone was saying... Are there any extinct creatures that God made? Is there anything that God placed here that's no longer here? Oh, yes. There were many, many things. In fact, there was an entire planet of dinosaurs that have long passed gone. But God made every bit of it. And he knew exactly what he was doing by design. That is the God that we are serving. Now, two weeks ago, Sister French and I began our fourth year at Apostolic Tabernacle. God did not forget it. God brought us together as a church and as a pastor. It was the will of God that we come. I had never even thought about Atlanta. Not one minute, not a day in my life. Sister French, we were, we've been married about 36 years this coming year. And not a day in my life have I ever said uh, before this worked out that we're, someday we're going to go to Atlanta. I just knew the Holy Ghost said I was working on my PhD. I know the Lord said, I've got it. Don't you worry. Don't you even think about it. It's all worked out. They're going to call you. It's going to work out. I told Sister French, the Holy Ghost said, he's gonna, they're going to call me. Don't worry. She said, but hon, you, you need to do this. And someone said, you need to do that. No, no, they're going to call. I don't know where they're at. But God brought us together. God knew exactly what he was going to do. And God is leading us into the fourth day of his will. That is symbolically, I'm referring to our spiritual calling as a church together. As the fourth day, God is taking us into a special year. I'd like us to lift our hands and thank God for what his plans are for the church. Could we do that? Come on, this isn't arbitrary. This is a, this is a sincere giving God thanks for what he is about to do. For some of you, it will be loved ones finding God that seemed impossible. For others, it will be miracles but it is the fourth day that is upon us. Now you can see how important the fourth day is. The creation of lights. Now I see this symbolically and I know that 
uh, for some, you know, he, that's a stretch and here's a stretch. And I will admit that uh, I'm not, I don't often preach a symbolism. For example, the reason prophecy is a, a very amazing thing for me is that so much of prophecy is, is explained through symbolic uh, understanding so that you have to look at that dragon and then you have to decide what exactly does that mean and so forth and and so i i generally say well we'll let we'll let someone else handle who that dragon is and why it's got so many heads on it and so forth all that's very marvelous now i don't mean to say by that that i disrespect prophecy but i do mean to say that it is a difficult thing for folks to grasp, And so I am preaching a message today that is suggesting that the creation of the sun and all the lights that brought the, the, the system of the universe that we are living in, that all came on the fourth day. It is to say that light brings order, that God wants the church to know that there's something powerful about a church that's willing to step into the fourth day of creation and say, I've got a God that is able to take care of every circumstance the creation of lights that's why Satan hates it Satan hates it more than he hates anything in all of this world because he loves darkness and because God is a consuming fire he is he is resplendent. He is awesome in his glory. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It is God's glory and Satan wants to grab it. Let me tell you something, church. You listen to me. You listen to me. I'm not interested in grabbing something from God. I'm not interested in a paycheck. I'm interested in a move of God that reaches into our homes and our lives and changes us completely. I see light pulsating beneath the doors of our hearts. I see people coming that we never thought would come because in God there is no darkness at all. There's not even a shadow in God. He knows exactly. He is glorious. Amen. That's why we can't look upon his glory. I could, I got to get off of that, but he is so glorious. Anybody feel what I'm talking about here this morning? Hallelujah. Now you can go ahead and say amen. I'm going to preach the same length of time. I, I'm going to preach exactly the same length of time as if you do say amen or you don't. But I feel the Holy Ghost is trying to witness to our spirit that we are in the fourth day. It is, of course, symbolically. I mean nothing supernatural about the number four. I mean nothing special beyond the fact that God has called us here. And we are in a year where God is declaring, now this is not symbolism. God has spoken to us that I am going to do things. This is a word of prophecy. I'm going to do things that you didn't think I could do. But I am going to do it. Because I am God. 
Now, of course, it won't happen if we walk in darkness. If we love darkness, if we rent darkness, if we're full of darkness, then we will be as the world, but we are not the world. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. There are no shadows. James said, I like this, and I, I, I know you, you, you're thinking, oh, Brother French, that sounds like an all-day sermon there. I can hear it in the, in the background, in your mind. I can hear. It's just like those fish I didn't catch that I just told you about. I, I can imagine them, and I can, I can hear it going, oh, my goodness, Brother French is slowing down. It's, it's going to my lunch. My stomach is grumbling and all of that. But I love the way James picked up on it. And he said, in whom is no variableness. The King James is quite, quite picturesque there. <laughs> in whom is no variableness, neither shadow. Now, Lord, you know us. We are but humans. We may be arrogant. We may wear diamond rings so big we can hardly hold our hands up. And we may be so full of ourselves that we cannot wear a normal hat size because we think so much of ourselves. But, Lord, we know who you are. You are the mighty God, the everlasting Father, in whom is no variableness. Praise God. He katashandobutia. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 18 of our text said, to divide the light from the darkness. So I have a word from God today. God has given us the power as a believing body. The power of the fourth day. That is the will of God. So his power is available to us. And I believe that we're going to see the light of God destroy the darkness all around us. And I want to say, and I'm, I'm speaking prophetically here today. Some of you are here today. You're not even members of Apostolic Tabernacle. We have several guests, and you're here as our guests. And we're, this is pretty much how we always are. Sometimes we're more wild. Sometimes we're just, this is pretty much what we are. But I'm speaking prophetically today that God is going to do for you what Satan says cannot happen. You've already wondered. Maybe it's in the realm of, of uh, the structures. Let's say governmental type structures. Or maybe you feel that you're caught in, in an economic uh, something. And, and life just isn't paying off as some people might refer to it. You know many people's whole hope in life 
is what they're going to attain, what they're going to have, and what they're going to drive, and so forth. And that, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to disparage what people's hopes are. I'm simply trying to tell you that the Holy Ghost is revealing to us today in the brightness of the fourth day that light is going to prevail, that darkness is going to fail, and out of the chaos will come revelation. God knows exactly you are not here by accident the Holy Ghost has brought you into this place in the glory of his presence and I am speaking right now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost someone here you think it's hopeless you can't see the slightest flicker of hope but I say unto you there is a light at the end of that darkness God is getting ready somebody ought to agree with me by faith right now God is going to save them God is going to do it praise God I hasten on it is also commonly recognized that God repeatedly used darkness or the word darkness as the symbol of evil or sin or the demonic So, for example, John, the apostle, referred to Jesus as the light of the world. How many knows that's true? He's the light of the world. And John said it this way in the very early part of his gospel, the true light which lighteth every man. What a a message that is. The true light which lighteth every man. So two short verses after Jesus said in chapter 3, which of course verse 16 is the well-known and most often quoted verse in the entire Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and so forth. Jesus himself said two short verses following verse 16, this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light. You see? So the Holy Ghost is speaking and telling us that we have the opportunity because the fourth day is upon us. We have the opportunity to participate in a fourth day move of God. If we long for it. Now, if we'd rather buy our tickets and, and we'd rather play our games, that's what we can have. Or we can say, wait a minute. God has said it in the evening. And he said it in the morning. And this is my day. God is moving. This is our fourth year since he brought us here. This is God's plan. It's God who created this opportunity. And so I defy hell here this morning to try to stop a God that has ordained your future. The will of God is that you will defeat the devil. Hallelujah. So you listen to me, devil. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. And those great lights like the sun, and I, I don't intend to go into how enormous all the sun is and the moon is and how it reflects and so forth, but here we 
we are in the presence of God in the midst of a prophetic fourth day where God has said you can receive it. Somebody here this morning needs a miracle. There's someone listening to me right now. You need a miracle. You need a physical miracle. There are people sitting in this part of the building and in this sanctuary that you are wondering, you have been wondering to be precise, how will it turn out? And how will it happen? And the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you through the Word today that there is a power available to you that will push back the darkness in your life. I am getting ready to open doors that the devil slams shut. But God is greater than any enemy. The sun rose on the fourth day. Can you say praise the Lord? In fact, the sun rose on the fourth day for the very first time. He thrust it into the sky and the sun began to rise. And I am telling you today under the anointing of the spirit that your sun is getting ready to rise. And the devil says no, but God says yes. So you listen to this preacher today. Some of you are about to see the sun come up in your life. It's been a long night. But now, it's the fourth day. Now is your opportunity to say, I won't be what I used to be. I refuse to be what I used to be. I'm going to step into the power of the availability of the spirit of this new day. You say, Brother French, you can't decree that. You have no right to decree that my world has changed. I have every right in the world to decree that right now by faith, somebody is getting a hold of God and God is changing your world. As we sit here. Yes he is. Now some of you won't believe it until it happens. And that's fine with me. I have no problem whatsoever with it. But I'm telling you when it happens. I'd love to get a phone call. Reverend. Guess who just called me. You know that daughter I told you. That she hates God. She hates church. She has no. All of a sudden I got this phone call. Something happened. Or all of a sudden I'm telling you today. God has given us. A rising sun in our lives. Now lastly, I must also say, knowing that I risk redundancy and that I am I'm losing a few of you because I know, you're, I know you're on a time schedule and your phone just went off and, and uh, it said, whatever it says. Hopefully it wasn't an actual voice. Leave church immediately. Hopefully it wasn't that. Maybe it was just a little buzz. I couldn't hear it. You knew I wouldn't hear it. So it was a little buzz. And maybe it said, you, you have biscuits in the oven. So I hope Reverend isn't too lengthy. So risking all of that and being redundant to something I just preached a few days ago, I'm going to say it again. The light 
and the lights of the Holy Spirit are revealing to the church in its fourth day, and of course I mean year, but you understand my symbolism, the lights are revealing in this fourth day what Daniel described, and I am closing, I'm trying to close, I will not close without saying this. Daniel predicted in chapter 7 of his prophecy that there would be a fourth kingdom. See, the kingdoms were like uh, Persia and Greece and Rome and so forth. And it predicted there would be another one, another kingdom's coming. And people are going to be scampering around. What's going on? What's going to happen? Daniel said it'll be the fourth kingdom. That's what you're looking for. I'm not trying to make something of the fourth here as though the number four is somehow mysterious. I'm not meaning that at all. I am making a parallel though that the Holy Ghost is talking to the church here in Jonesboro. We're not alone. We're not by ourselves. Thousands of years ago, God determined that this world would get ready for the coming of Jesus and the fourth beast would be the fourth kingdom and it would be called out. And Daniel said it is dreadful and terrible. No one has ever seen anything like it. You're going to be scared to death when you see it. When you think about it, you're going to tremble, he said. So maybe I am making a much stronger parallel to this fourth kingdom and the fourth day than is warranted, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. And I know some don't want to hear this, but I will preach it if God demands it. The darkness about us is very similar to that of Noah's day. It is a darkness like the shadows of clouds covering everything we love. And we wonder what's going to happen. Will will the kingdoms of the world, will they get together? And we wonder what is happening. The earth is groaning. The earth is trembling. The earth is moaning. Jesus spoke of pestilence. Pestilence is scaring and endangering millions. They have imported right to Atlanta. And I think we should pray. How many believe you ought to pray for people that are in terrible, terrible circumstances? The Ebola. Oh. I'm telling you, church. Jesus said you're going to hear about pestilence. Now, he didn't say they're going to fly them from Liberia to Atlanta. He never had to say that. I'm trying to tell you that in the spirit of the fourth day, the terribleness of the fourth kingdom is all about us. The clouds of Noah are about us. Israel is in its greatest peril that it has ever experienced in all of its history. And folks are wondering which ball they ought to hit and whether they should use a six or a seven iron. They're not concerned that Israel is in such a predicament, surrounded as it is. Death. The news. What is today? The 3rd of uh, August. And I'm, here I am. I'm going to, 
I'm going to stop. The 3rd of August. It, good, that's good. We'll use a little more numerical alliteration. The fourth day of the fourth year and the fourth beast of the fourth kingdom. Well, how about 3,000 bombs by the 3rd of August? That didn't sound too literary, did it? I meant for it to be more alliterative so that you could uh, think they shot 3,000 missiles into the land of Israel in just, just since, what, the 9th of July. Is that correct? Am I mistaken? Something like that. Someone said, over the fence, that'll pass it all. These things, and I understand being positive. I am as positive. I believe in being positive. And I'm going to be positive right now. Jesus is coming. And the signs of his coming are all about us. This opportunity to have a fourth day power is something we should grab hold of like we have never grabbed hold. When the bombs begin to fall, when life begins to fall apart, when everything is gone, today is the day. If we're ever going to let the light push away darkness, it's now. Let's stand together, shall we? I want us to pray for our world. Let's pray for our families right now. Could we do that? Let's lift our voices. Father, right now, I thank you because there's something sweet here, something that's drawing us into your very presence. Lord, I feel your touch. And I know some are scared. I know some are thinking, wow, Brother French has really worked up. And so I pray right now that it will be more than the emotion of this moment, but that we will recognize that you have given us a prophetic word that we can see it happen. I wonder if somebody has a need today, healing in your body. Or someone that's, that you love that's really in trouble. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep going so as many as people can come first. I want you to come. I want, I want to just come and stand. I'm not going to make a spectacle of anybody. But if you know somebody that doesn't have the Holy Ghost and you're burdened for them, I believe we're stepping into the fourth day right now. The lights are going to shine above us. The sun is rising in our world. And God is going to make the difference. Young people, old people, Lord, you're going to do it from the top to the bottom. And you're going to divide the light from the darkness. And you're going to give us hope. Somebody needs hope today. I wonder if you'd just come and say, Brother French, I, I want you to pray for me. I, I don't have much hope in my life. I, I'm not even sure what's going on. I just need prayer. And you'll just come and stand with us. And they're going to go ahead and sing. They're going to sing. I'm not going to hold you. I know I've, I've, I need to let us go. But I wonder if you could.